Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello guys, welcome back to a creepy episode today. Girl Next Door, part two of Stranger Things. Uh, Last week, guys, we talked about angels, but this week we are flipping the tables and I'm bringing back a guest that you're going to be surprised because all you've heard him speak about is love. (laughs) And that is Jake. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me back, Renee. Oh, you're so good because you so talk off the cuff. Like, I'm a real notes person, but you just have... Remember we called you Yoda? Yeah, that's right. I do remember. (laughs) That that nickname didn't stick as well as I would have liked, but well, um, well, I was hoping can... Sarah started calling me Yoda, the wise one, <laughs> but she still calls me other names. So, and then we had Sarah, yeah, which was no, great. It was great. But um, look, I I have put out there on Instagram like a week or so ago. Hey guys, I'm doing supernatural stuff. What do you want to hear about? And people were literally frothing that I'm going to talk about this. And then I thought, oh, heck, have I bitten off more than I can chew? (laughs) I'm happy to talk about angels and heaven, but people want me to talk about manifesting. And I mean both sorts of manifesting. The manifesting when you want to bring something into reality and then demonic manifesting. I'm like, oh, my gosh. They want me to talk about demons. I'm like, I I need someone to help on this because I would say, so, guys, we're going to talk about demonic encounters today. So I feel like we need the blood of Jesus before we start. And and Jake is our guest because I really don't have much to say because the only encounter I would say I had was when I was about 16 or 17 and I was uh, came back late from youth one night and I'm laying down in bed trying to get to sleep and I heard a very audible loud growl next to my bed. It was not my stomach. I didn't have a dog. Um, and so I, it scared the pants off. I put my light on. I read for the next two hours cause I couldn't get to sleep. That's about it. You on the other hand have had some full blown demonic encounters that we're yeah, going to, um, unpack today. Yeah. I've had a few. Uh, more than one. Yeah. Some of them less, kind of less serious than others. We'll talk about the main ones, <clears throat> excuse me, today. But yeah, I've had a few. I mm-hmm. kind of, um, just to kind of set the scene, I, I I was kind of exposed to the spiritual realm as a kid in church quite heavily. Uh, in on, in a good way? Uh, in a good way, yeah. So <clears throat> so we went to a couple of different churches growing up. Mum was a Christian and she would take us boys along to church with her but we went to kind of a, a couple of fringe churches who so one church would only speak about the end times. That, oh. was, that was every single Sunday. Oh. And I was absolutely actually petrified. No, no. Fascinated. Fascinated. Even as a, I remember being like eight years old, laying under the chairs, you know, with yeah. my, my pillow and blanket, but oh. mum would give me coloring in books and I was actually writing down the words that the people were saying. Really? Yeah. So and you've was, been very open to the supernatural right yes, from the get-go. Yes, from the beginning. So like the meaning of revelations, the meaning of these different scriptures, the spiritual aspect of life. Even at my church, um, when I lived in Townsville as a kid, um, the main church we went to, there would be people who would show up demon-possessed. So <gasps> so that would be growling. Um, they, would mm. be, they would be saying all sorts of things in another language. Um, really? 
yep, it, it was a bit crazy. People would have demons cast out of them. They would vomit there at the altar. Oh. Um, I grew up hearing story after story after story of pastors at my church. Uh, one pastor, his name's Pastor Graham. He's my favorite, one of my favorite people on the face of the earth, Pastor Graham. He's an elderly gentleman. I don't mm. want to disrespect him in mm. any way. Um, he's a, he's a counselor. So he did all my counseling grow up, growing up. If you've heard a bit of my story, obviously, uh, grew up without a dad, had a lot of brothers, had a lot of issues. I had a lot of anger problems. So mm. he sorted me out and we've had a connection. He's a great friend of mine. He has so many stories as a counselor of casting out demons. He's banned from the mental hospital, I'm pretty sure. I heard a story. Um, Because they all go berserk whenever he walks in. You've just opened up a can of whoop Yeah. Do you know what? Like, okay, but not all mental health problems are demonic, right? But obviously a lot of people in the Uh, hospital would have been influenced by? Yeah, influenced by or or at some stage through different actions have allowed them in. Right. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, it is incredibly interesting. And he he has some wild stories. Um, He's a gentle giant of the faith. But um, so I grew up around all of that sort of stuff. I was very, I was very open to it all. Um, I had seen, I had an encounter with angels and things like that as well. Oh, really? Um, but not just, not crazy ones, yeah, just yeah. like big, tall, white lights right. um, moving around the corner as I've walked into a room. Um, that, at the same time, like I'd just been praying, God, send your angels to protect me as a kid. Is and, this a kid that you saw this stuff? Yeah, as a kid. Really? When I was a kid. And yeah. I feel like, not that you would ever make anything yeah. up, but that's the kind of thing that kids don't even have any context to know to look for. Well, I I was I don't know how to describe it except I was very open. And I had an mm. understanding that I, even as a kid, I had an understanding of these realms, the Cameron spiritual realm. Cameron did too, and his mum. Yeah. His mum taught My mum was very open to it. Yeah, see, yeah. whereas me, my mum's not. Yeah. Like she never really had encounters. I think our life was bad enough without encounters. Yeah, yeah. Well, the- <laughs> Yours probably was too. The encounters um, made it exciting. Yeah. Well, because I was going to ask you, were you on drugs at the time? Is that how you opened yourself no, up? No, if no, you no. were eight or nine, no. No. So a lot of my experiences that I had was way before I was on drugs. And then wow. even after being involved with drugs and all that side of things, nah, the 95% of encounters was before I'd ever touched drugs. Okay, well, that there goes my... You've just myth-busted because I would have thought that people that have had demonic encounters, it's often people that have taken drugs that seems to have opened themselves up to it. In my Could experience, part of it. In but. my experience, people who have taken drugs open themselves up to spiritual reality more so than demonic influence. Okay. Um, I mean... I haven't met everybody who's been on drugs, but that's been my experience that mm. a lot of a lot of my friends and things like that who have been involved with drugs and, and experimenting with different psychedelics and things like that, that they aren't necessarily having these evil encounters with the devil, but right. their eyes are being opened to the fact that there is a heaven and there is a hell. Right. So right. it's a spiritual awakening of sorts. But, yeah. but so growing up, I'd, I'd seen an angel, um, and I knew it was an angel. I got goosebumps everywhere, but I had a feeling that God was looking over me. And that story in particular, yeah. it was a, it was a late night. I was staying in an empty house with a family friend and my brother. Uh, it was like 3 a.m. I was thirsty. I would have been like seven or eight years old. And I'm like, I need to go get a drink, but it's pitch black. I don't know where any of the light switches are. <laughs> haven't been here before. So I just prayed. I said, God, I pray that you would send your angels to look after me. 
and protect oh, me. Oh, to go and get a drink. To go get a drink. Because I was a bit scared of the dark as a kid. Yeah. I don't know why, but I was. And so yeah. I remember praying that prayer and a confidence just came over me. And I walked in pitch black through this double story, basically mansion yeah. to the kitchen. And as I've walked into the kitchen in my, to my right hand side, a big, tall white light didn't just flash. It was, it was there and it moved around the corner. Aww. It like floated massive white light. And I think if I was to look yeah. into that light, I would have seen some type of body. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. but it just moved around the corner. I got goosebumps. I knew it was an angel. Peace fell over me. I wasn't afraid. Mm. And I sat there on the kitchen bench in pitch black as a seven or eight year old kid who was afraid of the dark drinking my glass of water. Cause you just knew you had, an I angel. just knew that God was looking after Which me. the last week's podcast, I talked about that, the scripture in Matthew four, I think it's Matthew four, Matthew 11, about how be careful how you treat the little ones because their angels see the face of their father in heaven. Mm. So what about your first demonic encounter? How right. old were you? My first demonic encounter, my first personal one. So in growing up in church, I'd seen stories, yeah. seen videos even played in church yeah, of different things, and I'd seen it happen. I'd seen demon-possessed mm-hmm. people. but Because my... the occult was pretty big yeah. in the kind of like early 2000s, yep. late 90s, yep. right? Yeah, it was massive. Yeah. And um, so this one night in particular, I was actually at youth group. Mm-hmm. I th- I believe I was like 17 years old. I'd just gotten my peas and um and I'd gotten a call in the middle of youth from one of my friends. <clears throat> Excuse me. And one of my friends, he gave me a call and he said, Jake, you need to get down to the IGA. He was down the road. Mm-hmm. You need to get down to the IGA right now. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there's no way I'm leaving. I'm at youth, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I, I think I was a bit of a leader at that time, junior leader. And I was like, I'm not leaving um, to go anywhere. And he was like, seriously, you need to get here. Your other friend, I won't name any names, but uh, just in case they're out there, mm. I don't want to embarrass <laughs> anybody. Uh, but your other friend needs help. Uh, he's in a real bad way. So I've gone, okay, no worries. I'll come down, drove my car down. I parked the car at the IGA. I can't see them anywhere. I go and walk around the corner and I see my two friends. One of them was standing up basically with his head in his hands, terrified. And I see my other friend and goosebumps filled my entire body from my head to my toe and I could barely breathe Mm -hmm. as I realized in that moment, no one had to tell me that my friend was possessed. Oh, my friend was possessed sitting on the floor. And as I come around the corner, my friend, my friend's head almost like kinks and snaps and looks up at me and stares, stares me straight in the eyes. And so I've gone, well, crap, I know straight away. I'm like, this thing, there's a demon somewhere here in Are this situation. Are these other youth leaders, by the way, no. or just friends of yours? A friend who had fallen away from God. Okay. And the whole story will make sense as okay. to why it happened to him specifically. Um, but the other friend was kind of a youth leader. Okay. And they knew that I was a Christian and, yeah. and that I wasn't afraid of this type of thing. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so I walk over and this my friend is just like tracking me the entire way. Doesn't lose eye contact, just staring at me. So I pull up and I go, what, what's going on? My other friend couldn't even talk. And my friend who was possessed is just staring at me and starts smiling at me. Oh, and I was creepy. like, this is one of the creepiest things I've ever seen. His head was kinked at a weird angle and he was just staring at me. And I looked at him in the eyes and I couldn't see any color in his eyes. Wow. It's like his pupils were that big. Yeah. I want to say his eyes were black. Right. But the logic in me says that it might have just been 
huge pupils at yeah, the time. So but I it thought, was evil. It was evil. evil. And so I go, I said to my friend, I'm like, what's going on? The possessed one, what's going on? Doesn't say a word. Mm. What's going on? What's wrong? What's wrong? Doesn't say a word. Just keeps smiling at me. And I was like, okay, there's, there's obviously something going on here. So I said, in the name of Jesus, answer me. Like this. Mm. No joke. He starts growling. And I was like, what the heck? I said, in the name of Jesus, you tell me what is happening. Mm. And he said, basically, in this voice that wasn't human. It wasn't a man and it wasn't a woman. It was like a blend of both. Right. It was like two voices at once. I've heard that, that you can accept multiple voices. And it was like, it was basically like, we've got your friend. He's ours now, right. to that effect. And so I just said, well, no, that's not going to be the case. And and as the car would drive past, his neck would kink and he'd stare at the car. And, and, and I said, all right, that's it. You're going to come out of him right now. And he looks at me. And in this voice, he says, if we come out of him, we'll just go into you. <laughs> and, and I've gone, okay, is right. that possible? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For a second, I'm like... Is that possible? Because yeah. otherwise I may need to leave and get somebody else in. Yeah. But I said, I just felt this confidence rise in me. And I was like, no, you won't. Mm. You'll do as I say in the name mm-hmm. of Jesus. And I said, you get out of him right now in the name of Jesus. He starts squealing. Mm. Get out in the name of Jesus. Squealing, squealing, squealing. Get out in the name of Jesus. He gets up and runs into the park, which was right there across the road. Mm. Pitch black. It was like mm-hmm. late at night. Pitch black in the park. Runs across the road. So I go run after him. Yeah. Into the pitch black. I don't know what the heck. As someone who was scared of the dark, I don't know what the heck was coming over me. Yeah. But I run into the park. I find him in the pitch black. And he goes, Jake, what the heck are you doing here? Blech, and just vomits all over the floor. Wow. And I'm like, I grab him. I take him out to the light. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on here? Like do you remember anything just happened? And he's like, I have no idea what the hell is going on. Wow. How I'm even here. And I was like, well, I just told him straight out. I'm like, you were possessed Mm. by a demon. So you tell me what the heck is going on. And he goes, his face just, his eyes opened up wide. And he said, it was a few nights ago, he heard voices because he'd been dealing with depression and all these different things. And he heard voices say that if you let us in, if you give us permission, we'll take away all the pain. Right. And A lie. And he goes, okay, you can have me. And that was the right. last thing he remembered. So it'd be like that maybe for, for a few days. A, yeah, for a few days. Um, yeah. And what happened to him after that? So he's, he's still away from God and still mm. away from church and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think he's just, he's been dealing with some things over the years. But, mm. um, from that moment on, I think he's kind of been more open to the fact that there is a God. Yeah. Um, I think the question is just whether God wants a relationship with him or not. That he's Or whether he wants a relationship with God, you mean? Both, God wants both ways. I don't think he believes that God wants to have an actual right. relationship with him. Yeah, yeah. And I find that to be the case with a lot of my friends who have had spiritual encounter or who have taken drugs and seen the reality of heaven right. and hell is that they recognize that there is a God, mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. is a God, but mm-hmm. I don't think he wants anything to do with me. Yeah, So okay. they just keep going about their lives. Yeah. Do you think that, like, how does someone have a, um, get possessed like that? Because I know sometimes I have Christian people that they're mm-hmm. scared that it will happen to them, young people. 
Whereas I'm like, well, no, if you're a Christian, you've got the blood of Jesus. So, but there must be certain things that we do that can open you up to the spirit realm. Do you think? Yeah, totally. I think for someone like him in his case, I mean, there was a direct invitation. He said, Mm. yeah, you can have me come on in. Mm. Um, And I think that that is, you know, when someone says something like that and they really mean it, I think, well, well, then you've opened the door and they come. Um, when it comes to Christians or people who have been born again, it's a very different story. And that's kind of where my next story comes okay. in. Um, and it'll explain everything as to how the blood of Jesus protects those who are born again. Okay. So my second experience, my second major, major experience was I had graduated from school. I had, uh, fallen in with the wrong crowd and I'd been drinking, hadn't done any drugs at this point, Mm -hmm. but I'd been drinking and partying with my friends and, and getting involved with girls and, and all Mm -hmm. these sorts of things, just living a, not, not a Christian life. Now, Mm -hmm. as a teenager, I was a Christian. I got baptized, all that kind of stuff. And, um, and I loved Jesus as a teenager, but just through things that happened in my life, I found myself away from God. Yeah. And, in this process of drinking and carrying on and, and living this life, I found myself becoming very depressed with my life. I didn't have a job. I couldn't keep a job down for more than a few days. Wow. I went through so many different jobs. I was so depressed. Every job mm. I had made me more depressed. I had no money. I had nothing. I think I ended up jumping on Centrelink and that's how I afforded all my alcohol. But, <laughs> um, but I was just in a really dark place and it kept getting darker and darker and darker. And I remember in those times, like my family was struggling. My family was kind of a bit disjointed. Mm. We weren't close, mm. um, you know, and, and we were struggling financially. And, and I was just kind of like, I remember mm. shooting up a prayer one day and I was like, you know, God, can you make this all get better? Can you give us some money and help us out and make, make all this stuff go away, make my depressed thoughts go away, mm. um, just make it all go away and, and nothing changed. Right. Um, and, and so I was kind of, I was pretty upset with God and I was like, well, I tried praying to God and, you know, wow. it didn't really work. So I kept going about my life and I would, I heard growing up and I heard many times about celebrities and different people who had sold their soul to the devil, <laughs> um, to get fame, fortune, uh, to set their lives up and all that type of thing. I've heard stories of different politicians doing the same thing and that's how they got their political Right, but you don't um, mean literally sell their soul. Yeah, literally. I mean right? literally. I mean like, so you've got sell your soul to the devil as a metaphor for selling yeah. your soul to the system or selling yeah. your soul to mm. whatever. But then you've got the literal sense of giving your soul to Satan in the same way that you would give your life to Jesus. Oh, right. The like, direct opposite. Okay. Like people that uh, belong to the satanic church. Yeah. Right? But... You don't, it's not necessarily belonging to the satanic church, right. but it's just like, you know, like someone can give their life yeah. to Jesus, but yeah, not go to church. Got, yeah. Okay. Got you. In the same way, someone can give their life to Satan, but I not be involved really in the satanic church. So, so I honestly do believe out there, right. there are people who have physically sold their soul to the devil right. and the devil owns their soul, meaning that when they die, they are going to hell. Right. So in the same way that Jesus right? It's the master mm. of our soul. Mm. Um, when we die, we mm. go to heaven. Mm. It's the same premise. Um, except you've got a surefire, like you're done. You're mm. going to hell. You've guaranteed your spot in hell. And so for the rest of this life, excuse me, 
<coughs> for the rest of this life, you can have whatever the deal was. Right. Um, I think to a degree that stuff does happen. Um, so I, I'd heard about all these things. I'd tried praying to God multiple times and my situation hadn't changed. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's a whole story and probably sermon in there about taking responsibility, personal responsibility for your life and right. and not expecting God to be a genie in a bottle. Yeah. Um, but as a teenager, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought I thought God should just do what I find to be right and just, so save my family. Mm. Um, so uh, I'd heard about that stuff with Satan, so I decided to type it in on Google one day, how to sell your soul to Satan. And yeah. I read up on all these different stories, and, man, it painted a really legit picture. Wow. Um, it wasn't like ethereal out there, you know, you got to hop in a black cloak and, mm. Mm. you know, but there were some things like... And, and so I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this a crack. So I sat in my oh room. Oh, my gosh. I sat in my room and I was like, I'd read everything um, that there was to do. And one of them was to denounce God, denounce Jesus, and denounce the Holy Spirit. Wow. And then you ask Satan. Mm-hmm. So then, I, so I sit in my room and I said the, the, that line. I'm like, mm-hmm. God, I want nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. I hate you. I denounce you. I denounce mm-hmm. everything I ever stood for with you. Like, wow. I, I don't give my life to you. Right. I want it back, basically. Right. Um, so basically get stuffed to God. And mm. then I was like, and Satan, I want to give my life mm. to you. Um, mm. There it is. <laughs> I, I, don't e- I don't even like that you're saying it again now. It's like, uh. Yeah, I know. It's a bit, of, it is uncomfortable, but the, wow. the story in the end, mm-hmm. you'll see it. It's, it's just absolutely beautiful. Mm. But um, so I do it and I sit there and nothing happens. I remember sitting, staring in the mirror. I'm like just waiting for something to appear behind me right. and nothing happens. So I turn to Google again, I'm looking it up and I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? I wrote out a contract. I cut myself and bled on it to seal the contract. Right. Nothing worked. I read that you have to go to a crossroads to signify a crossroads in your life of decision. Mm-hmm. And you ask Satan to come there. Right. And then that'll happen. So I go ride my push bike to a crossroad at midnight Jeepers. in the pitch black and I'm standing there and I'm like, Satan, come on. I want to give my life to you. What are you doing? You know? Wow. And so all these different things and, and, and I tried all these different things, but nothing happened. Mm. Nothing happened. And, um, and I was pretty ticked because I was like, well, I prayed to God, nothing happened. I prayed to mm. Satan, nothing happened. I must be pretty damn worthless. So I found myself in a more of a, even more of a slump. Um, and then as time kind of progressed, I'm living in this slump. Nothing really weird was happening. Uh, I got invited to a youth camp by uh, the youth pastor at the time, Dan Pappas. Oh, you know, shout Dan. Out Dan, Dan. Sh- shout out Dan. Um, so Dan Pappas invites me to this youth camp. He says, we've sponsored the ticket. Um, and I like, I was like over the age of a youth kid. Mm. But he's like, just come along. Wouldn't be allowed now. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but he's like, just come along, hang out with the leaders. Yeah, and, yeah. And, um, and just come and experience it. Mm. So I went to youth camp and I felt the presence of God for the first time in a very, very long time. Wow. And um, Dave Hall was actually the guest speaker. Oh, no way. Yeah, at that oh, camp. I don't, think, I don't know if he'll remember this. He probably doesn't. Um, <laughs> you know, he's got a million crazy stories himself. Yeah. but. Um, I remember experiencing God's presence and I, and I go up to Dave Hall who was preaching and I said, look, I just need to tell someone cause I don't really know what to do with this, mm. but I denounce God 
and I asked the devil to come. You know, I wanted to sell my soul to the devil, but he never came. And Dave looked at me and he said, you better thank your lucky stars <laughs> that the devil never showed up because, mm-hmm. or he said, for whatever reason, God didn't let the devil in. Mm. So he said, the second you asked the devil to come, he would have been at your front door. Mm. But for some reason, God didn't let him through. Wow. And I was just like, what? Mm. I was like, even after everything I've done, even after denouncing him, swearing at him, telling him I don't want him, he protected me from something I thought I wanted. He protected me from Satan. And um, and it was this really powerful moment for Mm. me. And, um, and so I go home from that camp, just kind of reminiscing on what had happened and, and I felt my heart kind of turning towards God and, and, um, my friend invited me out to a party and I said, oh, you know, I'll come along. And we ended up drinking and I got a bit tipsy and, and I was like, no, I shouldn't be doing this. And I ditched mm-hmm. the party and I went and sat out the, out the front of this house and, this house had big giant cement walls going mm-hmm. around the entire house. So you can't see outside of the house. Mm-hmm. I just pulled up a plastic chair. I sat there. I looked up to the sky and I just started bawling my eyes out. And I was like, God, just kill me right now. I was like, my life is so messed up and worthless. I can't even figure this out. I'm poor. I'm broke. I've got no money. I've got no job. My family's suffering. And mm. and here I am drinking. Yeah. You know, what a worthless yeah. life. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, because I can't do it myself. Yeah. And I was like, God, you need to kill me. And I looked up to the sky and I just was bawling my eyes out. Mm. I wiped the tears away. <laughs> I get up from my chair and I walk to the driveway of this house, which is the <clears throat> only opening to the house. And as I get to the driveway, I get goosebumps all over my body and the cold shivers fills me like down my spine. Uh Uh-oh, cold shivers is not cold. And it was the same feeling of when my possessed friend was, um, was sitting against that wall. It's the Mm. same feeling. And so I looked down the driveway and standing at the end of the driveway was this being, this black entity. And it was like tall and skinny and kind of had no form Really, like there was no clothes or anything. It was just a thing, mm, mm. this dark, dark mm. thing. And this presence of evil was there. And as I looked at it, I just straight away, I was like, it's Satan. Mm. I knew who it was. And I've just stood there for about half a second. And when I realized, I ran for the hills. <laughs> so this whole time I'd been asking and begging. Yes. And then I'm sitting there asking for God to kill me. And then, and then the devil comes to fetch my soul Wow! and I ran. And so obviously this whole time it was never what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. But I ran as fast as I could. I ran inside. I dove behind the couch and my best friend was there (laughs) and, and he looks at me, he's like, what the hell are you doing? And I said, he's here because he knew I'd been trying to sell my soul. And I saw the goosebumps stand up on his arms and he's like, oh my God. Anyway, so I stood there, sat there behind the couch and I go, I need to face this thing. I, mm-hmm. You know, I brought the devil here. I've got to mm-hmm. sort this out. I walk outside. There's nothing. No one, no sign mm-hmm. of anybody anyway. Mm-hmm. So I go back inside and uh, the party finishes. I end up sleeping over there. And that night I had the most crazy, profound, 
life-changing dream I've ever had in my life where God spoke to me face-to-face in, in a dream. In a dream. Yep. And it was that same night. And, wow. um, and everything changed from that night. And I, the next day I woke up mm-hmm. and I ran to church because it was a Saturday night party. And the Sunday, really? no one had their car, no one had license there. So I ran. Wow. I, I literally did everything I could to get to church. And I went. And, um, and, and that dream where God spoke to me changed my life forever. What did he say? Well, in the dream, he, it's, I probably, you don't have to say. If you no, no, no. It's not that I don't want to say. It's that it's kind of, it's kind of the way that I imagined a loved one would talk to me. Yeah, okay. In that he basically said, stop being a sissy. Mm-hmm. He called from the heavens and said, don't be a sissy. And he said it over and over and over and over and over again. Did, why did that mean? Did that mean something to you? I think it's like, I don't know. It's like kind of, it's like my language. It is. It is. It sounds like something I would hear you say. Yeah. Like, come on, man up. Yeah. Yeah. And he was just saying, like, like, don't be a sissy. Right. He was like, you don't, you don't need to complain about your life. You don't need to look around and complain. He said, he just said, don't be a sissy. Don't be a sissy. Don't be a sissy. And I was like, okay, (laughs) what the heck does this mean? And I'm standing in an open field. A green grassy field with no mm. one as far as the eye can see. I'm, I'm just standing there all by mm. myself. And then I go, well, don't be a sissy. And then he says this. He says, say my name. Mm. And I was like, I was kind of caught off guard. I was like, don't be a sissy. Say my name. And I hadn't spoken the name of God out, li- out loud for a very long time because mm. I didn't think it did anything. Right. Because you'd prayed and nothing Because I'd prayed and nothing happened. And I said, and he said, say my name. Say my name. And he was getting fired up. Yeah. He, like, come on, I've, I've got this for you. You yeah. know, just trust me. Yeah. Say my name. And so I, I said, Jesus, like this. Mm. And, um, <clears throat> and I said, Jesus, and nothing happened. <laughs> and he goes, don't be a sissy, say my name. And I was like, Jesus, don't be a sissy, right. say my name. And I go... I remember just breathing and yelling at the top of my lungs the name of Jesus. I yelled, Jesus! And this massive shockwave goes out from me, blows across the grass. And I opened my eyes after yelling Jesus and there's millions of people surrounding me in a big circle, millions, 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 millions of people. And I called out the name of Jesus and, and they all appear and they're all looking at me in wonder and amazement. And they and and they they're wanting to see what God is doing in my life, and um and so I call yeah. out the name of Jesus again, and, and this wind starts picking up around me. And the more I say the name of Jesus, the louder I say the name of Jesus, the more these things are starting to happen. The wind is blowing, and then water starts to rise up out of the ground, Jeez. and this water fully encircles me and lifts me into the air, and I'm 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 literally I'm literally <laughs> flying. I'm literally floating in mid-air yeah. with this water. And um, I keep saying the name of Jesus, Jesus, yeah. Jesus. This water picks me up, you know, mm. the living water. Yeah, yeah. Picks me up. And, oh, now that I even repeat this to me, this is going to be crazy. Okay. J- Jake is not crazy, guys, by the way, if you know him. No, I'm not. But <laughs> anyways, um, so this water picks me up and I knew yeah. it was the living water. It was the water of life, the life-giving water of Jesus, yeah. you know? Yeah, And it picks me up and it, and it carries me into the city. Mm-hmm. And as I get into the city, I can see Satan. 
the same Satan mm-hmm. who was on the driveway. And he's looking at me and laughing and he's killing people. Wow. He's destroying people, taking them away. Yeah. He's destroying buildings. Mm-hmm. And then this water, and not this my water that was around yeah, me. Yeah. This the false water. the pseudo water that looked oh, like okay. it looked like the same water as me. Yeah. As what was carrying me. But it started whipping around and killing people. Right. And he was controlling it. And it was this false people thought it was Jesus. Right. People thought it was Jesus who was destroying everything and hated people and wanted to kill people. Right. But it was the enemy using this false yeah. water. And so I remember looking at the devil and I go, in the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. be gone. Mm-hmm. And the water mm-hmm. takes the back seat and a big massive ball of fire comes from the sky. Mm-hmm. And Satan looks up and terrified like he's just... He's yeah. just crapped his pants. So he looks up and this massive fireball has mm-hmm. come from the sky, from heaven. And he looks up, he's crapped his pants. He realized that it's all over for him. Right. It's done. He's been defeated. The fire of God, the, the mm. wrath of God, the fire comes and destroys him. And and, and I woke up and um, and I was like this sense of duty this sense of purpose washed over me mm-hmm. and I knew from that moment that I was called by God mm. and that his hand has always been on me. Mm. And, um, and, and from that moment forward, whenever I faced a hard time, I spoke the name of Jesus until something changed. Right. And I had confidence that his name was the key to change everything. Right. Um, and so every time the enemy tries to push back or fight back, it's the name of Jesus. Every time something's yep. hard in my life, it's the name yep. of Jesus. Amen. And running a business right now and mm-hmm. doing that, every time there's a wall, it's the name of Jesus that mm-hmm. that breaks it all open. It all comes from that encounter where where Satan showed up, but he needed to show up and it all needed to happen mm. so that I could actually see the power of God for real. And where the real power came came where from, the real power from. came from because this is the thing growing up we we were taught a lot about the supernatural right mm. and i my observation now is that we've got a generation who are engaged a lot with the supernatural whether they realize it or not but we're not talking about it in church very much mm. not talking about that's why like we've been doing a series at church I don't think I've had so much, uh, so many messages from people when I talked about angels. And then this week I talked about heaven and they're Mm. like, thank you. Thank you for teaching on this. And I think we forget, you know, the Bible talks about fix your eyes on what is unseen because what is seen is temporary, but we are so caught up in what is seen this Mm. world, our fame, our name, getting money, having a job you know, all of this stuff, when the thing that's going to last and the thing that is swirling all around us without us being aware is the supernatural realm. 100%. And I'm pretty sure what we've just seen over the last couple of years, especially with all the COVID stuff, there is a, there is a demonic activity ramping up. Definitely. On this planet. And you even look, you even look at some things that are happening around the church body around the world. Mm. And, and just like in my dream, you see Satan trying to replicate. Yes. And and it's this false idea of what Christianity is. Yes. And it's they're trying to it's almost like the devil's trying to destroy Christianity from the inside out. Yeah, we're doing a good job at doing it ourselves. Well But it's not. Well yeah. I would argue that there is a massive mm. demonic presence involved in 
destroying the church from the inside mm. out, making churches yeah. look a certain way yeah. so that it's unappealing to everybody. Yeah. Because if the living water yeah. is so destructive yeah. and it destroys people's lives and it burns people yeah. and it does all this, then... Well, it's destroying a generation. I talk about it yeah. all the time, all the gender identity, all of that stuff. You know, Ashton, as you would know, mm. is one of the only ones in his class, him and another mate that stands up. <laughs> For the conservative values and, you know, he'll walk out of that class and be called names by some Mm. of the other kids. And and these kids are the most unhappy kids, by the way. I'm like, buddy, you keep standing for the truth, you know. And I think hearing stories like yours... we need to we need to be aware. We need to hear that there is demonic activity. But like you said, though, God is with us. Like those mm. of us who've got God on our side and God in our life, we don't need to be afraid. No. You hit the the, na- the key on the head when you talked about the name of Jesus. Um, I remember years ago, this is one thing mm. we did have happen, when my mom was raising my sister and I by ourselves and someone kept ringing our landline and breathing heavy into the phone. Oh, get out right? of here. Yeah. And yeah. so in the end, my mom's like, you girls are not to pick up the phone. This is back when you had the dial tone yeah. with yeah. the cord, right? This is like, I was a kid in the 80s. Yeah. And so my mom would pick it up and one day she picked it up and all I remember her saying is, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And that person Ooh. hung up and we never, ever got another call ever again. Now, that was really powerful for me Fire as a out. kid because yep. I'm like, the name of Jesus is powerful. It is. We forget that. We're not taught that. Well, it's like the scripture says, um, I think it's Philippians, <clears throat> that at the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus. Yeah. Not even the person of Jesus. Yeah. Just his name is so powerful. Yeah. That Every knee will bow. Yeah. Every tongue confess on the earth, yeah. above the earth and below yeah. the earth. Yeah. Everything bows to the name yeah. of Jesus. Everything. So can, can we finish with this? Because yep. yep. we've been gone a while, but that was so worth it. So if we've got people that are listening that maybe uh, are afraid of a demonic encounter or maybe they've had a demonic encounter, what, what would you say? I would say that there is nothing more powerful in this world than the name of Jesus. Yeah. And his word is full of so many promises mm-hmm. of the authority that we have through the blood of Jesus over everything. Yeah. Not even just the demonic influence over sickness, disease, over the way our life is going. We have authority through the name of Jesus. So if you're afraid or you feel like, <clears throat> you know, mm-hmm. that you could never stand up to face these things. I was a kid afraid of the dark. Scared of scared of the dark, terrified of the dark, mm. who after praying got a holy confidence to do something. We're always going to be not good enough. We're always going to be a little bit scared. We're always going to be this and that. But with Jesus, nothing is impossible. And every enemy or any demonic presence, every devil that could ever try to stand up to you will be like a little ant once the yeah. name of Jesus is mentioned. Yeah. All right. I don't normally do this on a podcast, but can you finish off by praying? I can. So any, any of you guys that are listening, if um, you know this is something that you've experienced or you're afraid of or I don't know, you just never know who's listening. Um, yep. So if you're listening, this is you. This prayer's for you, okay? It can transpose through, yep. through, you through, know, time. through time. So you don't close your eyes if you're driving, but otherwise you, <laughs> you, you pray along with us. Okay, right. thanks, Jake. Father, we just thank you so much for who you are. And, that, and really, that's what all this is about. It's about who you are, mm. that, God, you are so powerful. You are so good. You are so holy that, Father, nothing nothing of any 
uh, any sort of evil nature, nothing bad, nothing full of darkness can even stand in your presence. Mm. And so, God, we just thank you for who you are, for your power, your glory, your love, and your kindness. And God, we just pray for every person listening right now. Lord, uh, especially those who have been feeling like there's been some type of oppression against them yeah. um, from the spirit world, or Father, those that have been feeling fear or have been feeling scared. Mm-hmm. We pray right now in the name of Jesus for the blood of Jesus to wash over every single person, yes. that there would be a holy confidence that would rise up in every single person's heart to know that they're on the winning side. That God, just like the story in Kings of Elisha and his servant, that God, you would open all of our eyes to see that there are far more on our side than there is on anybody else's. Mm. And that God, no matter what stands against us, God, you are in control and you hold all the power. Lord God, we pray for confidence. We pray for peace in Jesus' name. And I even feel right now for those that have been tormented uh, every night before they go to bed with lack of sleep mm. or, or situations where they feel so full of fear that they can't even close their eyes at night to go to mm. sleep. Father, I just pray a new dawn to be risen. I I see a sun rising for somebody right now that a new day has come, that in the name of Jesus, you will have the best sleep of your life. And we pray against the enemy. We pray against every evil thing. We pray for freedom and restoration in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. There you go. There's the authoritative Jake. He came out to play. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jake. We look forward to having you again. You don't know what other topic you might end up doing. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. See ya.